Right now I have Sim Miranda, who is actually the lady that is coordinating the 50th Battle of the Bands. How is it tonight that you have all these people here? How do you do it? Oh, hey, I just uh, get on the phone, call different people, and say, here, we're having this reunion. And next thing you know, I got bands from 1964 to present time coming to uh, play and sing and song. And, uh, just what do you think that really actually made this possible that this is all going for 50 years what actually made this possible what made it possible um just the love of music i think it's the love of music and um bringing bands together bringing the kids together and playing and, and doing something for the community and and suddenly they, i think unconsciously they they hope to become famous someday yes like yt and a like few YNT. other bands mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and then this will be coordinated this a long time I've, I've been actually with the battle uh, for 30 years been coordinating it with Mike and different coordinators um, for the last 14 years well you know what I think it's wonderful everything you do in the 50th and let's hope we can continue it and thank you so much thank you thank you very very much thank you Right now, I have two guys that actually won the 1965 Battle of the Bands in Hayward. Robert Manning and Dana Schultz. Dana, what's up tonight, man? You, you, this should bring back a lot of memories. Yeah, it was uh, really quite a, a surprise. We got a call from the Hayward Recreation Center wanted us to come down there having the 50-year anniversary of the uh, Battle of the Bands, and we so happened to win it in 1965, first place. And, uh, Oh, you guys got some great stuff. Could, could you do you know the songs that you actually played yeah, that night? Tell sure. me what that was. The first, uh, the very first song we played was uh, uh, "You Really Got Me" by the Kinks and uh, "High Heel Sneakers" by the by uh, Tommy Tucker. Unbelievable! That's a, you know what? Those were two of my favorite tunes. I think that's wonderful. I'm gonna get to Bobby because he was the one that was actually pounding the drums at that yeah. time. Bobby, does it seem that long ago in 1965 that you actually did that? Yeah. Does it? <laughs> it feels like, you know, I mean, I look, you look back on on that time and it uh, wish I had the same energy. Yeah. You know, well, I, I think you do in a way, don't you? <laughs> yeah, somewhat, but not like that. I mean, yeah, I used course. to play three or four nights a week. I was married. I'd get home at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'd get up and go to work and then come back. That's why probably why I got a divorce. <laughs> Wasn't home enough taking care of business. You know? So <laughs> you guys right now, you guys right now are basically... Um, happening still, am I correct? We're still rocking, man. So tell me about that. Tell me about Well, that's the banner of a, of a new of the band that we're in now, of a new band, which is an extension of Stanley and the Fourth Band. Okay. And, and, the, and you guys are still the two original? Yeah. Still original two members of the, of the, of the Fourth Band, Stanley and the Fourth Band. 
Well, you know, you're going to be at the 50th battle. Are you guys going to go? Well, or are you guys just going to hang out tonight about here? about going there. I might not be able to make it, but Bob is. And he's, I think he's going to bring some of the stuff. Yeah, up. I can bring all this stuff. You know what's really cool about Bob? Bob is like sort of like your historian. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think it's really cool. So here are two guys that are still... From still 19, rocking. still rocking from 1969, I mean 1965 to present day, they are still rocking. Thank you guys, man. Right, it's a pleasure to see you guys. Right now, I have a legendary guitarist from YNT, Joey Elves himself. Joey, welcome to Harmonics, man. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I am glad to see you here. You know, Joey, your history is so outstanding. Tell me a little bit how you got involved in YNT. Okay. Um, I had gotten to know those guys when I was playing in another band, a local band from Hayward called Crunch, and uh, we were going to get in the battle of the band. And, um, uh, I was getting to know the guys, and they were called yesterday and today then, and I, um, we got to know each other, and uh, we decided we were going to start a band after the battle. I was going to leave my band crush, and they were going to um, part with a couple other guys that they had in yesterday and today, and we are going to start doing original material, start, start from new mm -hmm. after the battle, and that's how I got to know them. And you know, you were in YNT. What was uh, the inception of YNT? What was it? 74, 73, somewhere in there? 74. 74. And, and you played a long you played a long time with them. How long was your tenure with them? I think it's probably about 13, 14 years. Really? Yeah. And you and that was really the, the moment of your conception, but also you played some some great on some great albums. Yeah. Tell me some of the stuff, some of your favorite times or some of the favorite music that you like when uh, you were doing it all. Well, we, we all had, that's what we had in common, is we all liked the, the popular rock stuff that was out there, Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, Grand Funk, all the rock stuff, but we wanted to do our own music. Um, and, um, well, we started making albums. We started off yesterday and today, we made a couple albums under that name, and then we left that record company, and we had a dry spell for a That few. was London, right? Yeah. And uh, the record company went under, and, and so we were left without a label but we hung in there and we kept playing in our, the Bay Area and LA and kept building a following on our own still trying to pursue a new record deal it took a few years but we uh, re-signed with uh, A&M Records and with them we did a lot a few albums we did like maybe five or six stayed with them for quite a few years and uh, started touring Played with all the bands that you can think of in right. ACDC, uh, Van Halen, everyone. Mm -hmm. And um, we kept getting more and more popular as we went. You know, here we were playing Winterland. Mm -hmm. Even in our young, younger days, we were playing at Winterland and up to Cop Palace, called CMD on the right, Green. Right, right. So. Now, you, you know, uh, it's the 50th, can you believe it? It's the 50th anniversary of Battle of the Bands in Hayward, the longest running uh, Battle of the Bands. And are you going to go up with them also because you were there back in when you guys actually played is it are you going to go up or is this just going to be johnny going to be playing john nyman going to be playing? well there's been no talk about that yet okay um i was just talking to dave mm -hmm. in, in there on somebody's phone and um we just said hi we don't really see each other that much so i don't know if there's there's no mm -hmm. plans for that right now mm -hmm. i'm not saying that uh it's not gonna happen but i'm gonna be there anyway mm -hmm. and uh 
you were such a real energetic guitarist uh, in your day. I mean, you uh, exactly. You were. You had all the classic moves. You had. You, you were just a great guy. You guys had a great chemistry. There was, you know, there was Leonard on drums, David on lead guitar, and then of course the late great Phil. How, how does that affect you? That you know now one of your bandmates that you used to in your young conception. How does that feel right now? Of, Missing Phil because Phil was such a great gentleman. It, it hurts, you know. Um, I've I've done uh, I've done some gigs with the guys over the last ten years when we were, uh, reunited, got to know each other again. They said, you know, you want to come up and jam, and they do this yearly show out in uh, Petaluma, mm -hmm. the Mystic Theater. So back in '03, I did my first one of those, mm -hmm. and I did it again the next year, and then I started doing a couple other, whatever. Uh, Dave Kenny kind of more or less said, you know, just let us know when you want to play. Mm -hmm. You know, pretty much a green line, mm -hmm. you know. So I would see, oh, they're playing with Monsters and Santa Cruz. Dave, I want to, come on. You know, so it's been a green light. So <laughs> I've been doing occasional shows with him. And, you know, when I heard about the filth thing. That really hurt. Yes, it did. I knew he was sick. Yes, I did. But too. it happened fast. Right. And, uh, you know, whenever you lose somebody that, you know, you grew up with, Exactly. It hurts. Exactly. Young men and then became mature adults. You know, uh, Joy, what I loved about you, not only did you represent in, in your time Y&T, but when you guys actually put it to the metal on stage, really, and there was not too many bands could touch you. I mean, would you agree? I mean, the show at the Cow Palace was tremendous. Or no, at the Civic Center was absolutely tremendous. Uh, when you guys came out on the high platform stages and, and stuff like that, you were really great. What is, can you give me a memory of some sort? What was one of the highlights in your music career? Oh, wow, there's just so many. It's hard to, it's hard to think of one in particular. But as far as um, um, trying to upstage on the bands, we never really um, went out trying to purposely do that. Our, our thing was Energy Live, right. and that was just us. Mm -hmm. And we we had a we made a pact in the early days that no matter where we're playing, whether it's a small dive club in Hayward or a Seattle Coliseum in the Downey Green, we're always going to give 100 percent on that stage. And Energy Live Energy was our thing. We 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 developed those moves and stuff on stage over the years, and. Um, if we shined, whether we were opening act or headliner, you know, we just expected that of ourselves. Do you still have that uh, Gibson guitar that yeah. you play? You yeah. still do. That's Paul Jr. Yes, you uh, still Red, have that. Red it's great, great. That's so, uh, it's amazing. Well, Joey, it's great having you on. Hey, thank you for I'd having like me. to invite you to our show. Harmonics were probably the most viewed show in the Western Hemisphere. Okay. We'd like you to come on, Joe. All right. Well, maybe thank I'll you. do that. All right, Joey Ells, man, from YNT. All right. Right. Right now, I have a legendary drummer. I've known this guy since he was in a band called the Mustangs. The We're great doing a reunion. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I've talked to everybody. <laughs> the late, the late, late band that he was in a long time ago, the Mustangs. But he was also in a band that was a trendsetter. Y&T. I got the great Leonard Hayes right here. Leonard, I, it's a pleasure. Babe. It's a pleasure to see you, man. <laughs> tell me, Len, how does it? You're in a lot of projects, but tell me what it was like to play in Y&T. Uh, it was an experience I'll never forget. Um, I've did tours, I've multiple tours, been around the world with them. Um, first trips to Europe, first trips across the country. Um, <laughs> I hate to say this, but it was uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll back then. <laughs> and um, true to the story being, uh, mm -hmm. I believed I was a rock star. So you were. I, I went, you know. I, I lived the dream, man. Yes, you did. I did. I got to do. Um, there's dream jobs, as you know. Yes. Astronaut, professional yes. athlete. You're right. Um, musician. Right. You were at the top of the line. I was, and all athletes and, and 
astronauts and jet pilots want to be musicians. Exactly, okay. exactly. And I want to play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I like the comment before we came on the air, what you were talking about. We'll talk about your baseball stuff. Um, Leonard, what was it like, really? You guys uh, were established in 1974. It was Dave Manichetti. Yes. Joey Elves. And, and the late, great Phil, Phil Kenamore yep. and yourself. You guys were so unique. Uh, we played some show. We played a lot of shows with you together. But what made YMT click? We worked seven days a week at it. I mean, we worked hard at it. We were, you know, when you turn 20, 21, man, your buddies start getting jobs, start getting money, start buying houses, start going out with girls. Right. You know, um, we weren't going anywhere. We didn't have any money. You know, so, but we stayed with our nose to the grindstone. You know, all of us had, we're all focused on this one deal, getting a record deal. Our dream was to get a one record deal, do a tour, right? I lived way more than I ever dreamed of. You sure did. American Bandstand is still the highlight. Oh, it's totally so. Dick <laughs> Clark, come on, that's that is definitely yeah. iconic for you guys. Well, until that moment, my mother never believed it was like not a phase I was going through. You know, and once I was on American Bandstand, it was like, hey, this is legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how long was your tenure? How long were you actually in YNT? Because I know there's been a, a few times where you have been bounced out. in and out. Right. Yeah. Like a basketball, but tell me how long did your tenure, your longest tenure in there? Uh, I started the band. I started it in '72. Mm-hmm. Um, we, pl- I played with them until '87, mm-hmm. yeah, or late '86. Um, the everything came to an agreement and it finalized in '87, but it was the late '86, and um, then I went back in 2002 until 2006, mm-hmm. and. Um, well, you guys played a lot of great kids then, too. Yeah, we did. We did a lot of festivals. I back across the country again a couple times. And um, the bug bit me again to keep playing, so that's where I'm at now. You and David, two real um, strong personalities. Yes. And you guys also clash at times, but that's what uh, musicians sometimes do. What the, the writing collaborations that you guys did, you guys did some great songs. Is there any songs, because I'm going to do it plural, any songs that you could pick out that you knew when you hit the stage they would just be the thing that just in, it energized the crowd? Yeah, um, exactly. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that Beautiful Dreamer would. Great. Um, we knew that Forever, Black Tiger, um, Rescue Me, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Those tunes were always crowd favorites. Uh, Open fire. Once we wrote that, it was like, what better song to start a show? Great, great. So, um, yeah, we did. We knew what we, we, we. You can feel it, you know. And our audience, especially if we were headlining, and we learned years ago, every band's got to learn this. Mm-hmm. No matter what you're playing, or where you're playing it, never try and change for what you think the audience is. It's so Play, true. do what you do. Do what you do. Because that's what you do. Yes. And that's what you do best. And the thing, the worst thing you can do is try and do something that you're not. Right. You know, you um, you played a, a, a big bass drum kit. Um, what is your setup and what was it back then? And then let's go to right what's happening now. What is your setup back then and what is your setup now? They're basically the same. Serious. Seriously. Um, use a 14 by 26 inch kick drum. <laughs> uh, I'm using a, a, a 14 
by 10 inch rack tom. I'm using a 10 by uh, 10 rack tom now. That's the only difference. 16 by 16 floor tom and a 16 by 18. Uh, 16 crash, 20 crash, 20 china, ride cymbal, crash, and hi hat. Same, wow, that's great. And snare drum, of course. You know what I? Uh, I'm what, still using a snare drum from '74. Exactly. Still. Still. <laughs> How did you keep it so? Keep it on. You just change the heads, obviously. Change right? the heads. That's it. And it's got a dent in it from where I've been hitting it. <laughs> it, but it's it sounds. I don't know. The new ones don't sound the same to right. me. Okay. I mean, I've got them tuned exactly. I've even got um, my drum. The guy that does my drums is taking <laughs> one of those drum tuners mm -hmm. that tells you the. the how much poundage per square inch is on, you know, is on each lug. Right. Okay, and um, they're dead on. They don't sound quite the same. You know, you had a, a, a personal friend that passed away, your bass player that you played and had so many memories with. Tell me about uh, Phil Kennemore. Oh, Phil is a great guy. Him and I grew up, well, we got older together. We didn't, I wouldn't say grew up. Mm -hmm. We got older. I've known him, him and his family since I was like 12 years old. Maybe... 10 years old, actually. Uh, I went to school with his brothers, and that's how I met Phil. And um, we used to jam in the garage around the corner from where I lived, and where he down the street from where he lived in Oakland. We were, you know, there wasn't a lot of rock players, as right. you know, in right, Oakland. Right, right, right. And um, so we used to play, and there wasn't a lot of players for it at the school we went to. Right. So we played with a lot of black guys, too. Exactly. You know, we were the backup band for everybody. <laughs> so, um we learned all kinds of different different types of music, man. And Phil is just, he loved all kinds of music. He was big hearted. Yes, um, he was. Kind gentleman. Very kind gentleman, yes, big heart. Um, enjoyed having a good time, as don't we all. Oh, we do. And he was a dedicated family guy. Yeah, I, I just emailed um, his wife and told him that, you know, Phil was a rock and roll gentleman because obviously, I, you know, I've known you guys for a long time. You're now, you're, you're still playing. You're in a new band with Johnny Gunn, who mm -hmm. goes back also to the Long Branch Days Keystone As you band. do, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell me about... I'm not going to let you forget it <laughs> no, tell, Thank you. Tell me about the Hayes experience and how you guys are, are coming around and what are you actually doing in we, Hayes? We just finished a CD. Uh, we did it digitally. It took us forever because none of us really know. It's supposed to be easier. Well... Not if you don't know it. <laughs> um, we, it took us a little longer to make than we thought it would because we wrote it so quickly. Mm -hmm. We wrote 20 songs really quick. Mm -hmm. Picking 12 was difficult. Mm -hmm. Picking 10 out of 12 was even more difficult. Right. Um, but we did. Mm -hmm. And the CD's available independently right now. We're looking, we're shopping, and it's been the time of the year. It's, you know, yeah, it's Christmas. No, it's year, Christmas. Right. No one's buying really especially record companies or, or distribution places, right. they're not cutting any deals no, right now. No, not. not for another month or two. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to set it up for when that they, the door's open, we can go through the door. But we wanted to get the product out for people that, like, been into what we're doing mm -hmm. and been, like, you know, you know. That's right. going, it's like, when's it coming out? When are you guys going to have it done? Right. And there's a lot, we've got a lot of interest. Well, you know, Len, uh, I'm going to invite you on our show. I'd like to have you and Johnny Gunn come on. And you know what? You know? I will tell John, and you call him, too. Yeah, I will. We'll double ask There him. you go. And um, I hope, are you going to play it? One last, qu one more last question. Are you going to play at the 50th possible? No. 
No. no. You, will you be there, or you just kind of? I've got maybe a tentative. Spirits? I've got a tentative gig, right now. If we take the gig, it's a gig I really got to do. Um, we've canceled on these people twice mm -hmm. for different reasons, right. and, and it's just. And then they canceled the third one mm -hmm. on us, right. and so. Yeah, I mean, if the gig comes through, I'm going to play it. If not, I'll be there. Good. Hey, right now I have, like I said, one of the great drummers for almost over 40 years, 45 years, something like that. It gets tougher as we go along, <laughs> Yes, too. it does. Because More we, practice we, now we, than then. <laughs> that's it. I got Leonard Hayes, one of the great, great drummers in the world, man. Thank Leonard, you, Fred. It's a Fred. pleasure. It's hey, man, a pleasure. Always a pleasure to see you. Yeah, man, it's great to see you, too. Man, go for it. Man, right now I got the legendary... MC of the Battle of the Bands himself, and he is so happy. Tell us why you're so happy, McClair. I'm happy because David Akers just kicked the 36-yard field goal to put my San Francisco 49ers up 24-21 going into halftime. How sweet is that? Not yeah. only are they going into halftime leading, look at this, but he said when we went to go see him with seven minutes to go in the, in the second quarter, he goes, not now, Gregory. I can't do it right now, Gregory. So we let him, and look at the smile that he has. Oh, yeah. Mick, tell me about how many times have you actually did MC in it, and tell me about your little history about playing in it. Uh, let's see. I first played in the uh, Hayward Battle of the Bands when it was known as the Teenage Battle of the Bands in 1973. I was 18 years old, fresh from San Francisco. I'm a born and raised San Francisco native. Woo! My parents moved to Fremont, 1972, where I hooked up with Primer Gray, a high school band out of American High School in its first year. Primer Gray went to the Hayward Battle of the Bands. We drove up in Mike Tringali's dad's station wagon, and uh, we made the auditions at Sunset High School and then made the big show. And when we played, I'm telling you, it was one of the biggest experiences of my life. I'd only been singing for uh, three years. You know, I started at 14 years old, and uh, or four years. And so to play in front of 1,500 people, when that curtain rose up and we went into Jumpin' Jack Flash, oh, I knew song. I was going to rock for the rest of my life. You know, Mick, you've been such a fixture in the Bay Area scene. You work at Fillmore. You've done so many great things in your life. At the battle, what does it mean to you when you go out on stage and just fire up the crowd? Well, that's the main thing I do, is get the crowd pumped up. Because you've got to remember, there are people there to see each of the 12 bands. And so one of my favorite shticks that I do is to go and I introduce, you know, the, the first band's name, and I hear their crowd. Now, you got to remember, I have lights coming at, at me, so I can't see. But I can hear those pockets of fandom for each of the 12 contestants. And so I give them their due, because they're going to be helping those judges decide, on top of their band's performance, that audience participation. And so to get them fired up right off the top, it's huge. It's such a great, and you do it so well. You know, and also Mick introduced some major acts back in the day. And what I liked about Mick, because I was playing also, I, Leonard and I were just reminiscing back in the day playing Long Branch, Keystone, Berkeley, Winterland, etc. It was kind of interesting because, Nick, when you were actually in your zone, which I've never seen you out of your zone, you were just totally into it. You used to name off, you'd call out everybody's name of the band, and then you'd go, ladies and gentlemen, Mile High, or Y&T, or Peak, or, you know, the host, whoever you were doing. What made you get into that like that and just, you just have so much energy? I was influenced by the great and immortal Bill Graham and his sidekick, Jerry Pompili. So as a teenager going to Winterland and going to Fillmore West and hearing Bill and that resonant New York voice, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, please give a big hand, Mickey Hart, Jerry Garcia, The Grateful Dead. And I was like, 
I want to do that. Yeah. You know, and when Bill didn't do it, when Bill was in New York, Jerry Pompili would do it. Yes, I And so I would send them letters mm -hmm. and say, I want to introduce the bands at Winterland. And they said, well, we have capable people to do that. And so I decided the next best thing was to do it in Hayward for the locals. You And you're absolutely great at what you do and who you are as a person. I'm so glad that you came on the show and get this interview because you are so exuberant. You have the energy and the fire. I mean, you just carry, like how you just said, from 73 to the present. You were very close to YNT, and I know that you did a lot of shows with them at Wiggs Park and things. Tell me the thing about what makes YNT who they are and still running today pretty hard. Well, I was introduced to YNT on Valentine's Day, 1975, <laughs> by a gentleman named Larry Catlin. Okay. who was a fledgling East Bay promoter. He was a wannabe Bill Graham. And so he was putting on shows at the UAW Hall out in Fremont. And so he said, I'm going to be bringing Yesterday and Today to the Center Theater in Fremont. I want you to be my MC. And this is the band. And when I saw Yesterday and Today perform with Rhodey, at the UAW Hall that night, I was like, oh my God, these guys rock. I'll have no problem giving them their intro. And so that became my first show on my 21st birthday, June 22nd, 1975, or the night before, June 21st, at the Hayward Veterans Memorial Hall. It was yesterday and today in Mile High. Yes. And I gave them their intros, and they were off and running, and so was my career. You Exactly, and you, and you just carry it so well. You just carry that banner of you so very well. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you, when you are, you're in a project right now, are you in a, still a, 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 in a project, musical project? I am. I've seen a few little things. Tell me about that project. Let our audience know what you've been doing. Well, I've been playing uh, keyboards and doing vocals in a band called Dog Beaver, which is an avant-garde, free-form, improvisational jam band. Uh, we never play the same song twice. We actually don't even play songs. We make up everything as we go along, fresh, on the spot, in the, uh, in the style of the old hippie bands. Mm -hmm. We just jam forever. And so we will be celebrating our 24th year together oh. on February 5th. Uh, you know, I like the, the name Dog Beaver, but what, what you just said there, I had visions of great improvisations, people, Miles Davis, Herbie Hancock, uh, Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead. I mean, that is so wonderful to hear. What is the direction? You're going to be at the 50th. Right. Obviously, you're going to be announcing, you know, the judges and things. How does that feel? You're going to the 50th. We're all going to the 50th. What does that mean? Well, it means that there is longevity, not only in the Hayward rock scene, but in my own career. And to see the youngsters come up, we're, we're watching kids whose parents and grandparents performed or attended the Battle of the Bands. So for this to hold on through all these years and still be vibrant and still be an integral part of not only the Hayward music scene, but the Bay Area music yes. scene, it's a legacy. It is. And to keep that going, I am just so honored to be a part of that. And we're so honored to have you. And I know it's getting to start the third quarter. And I don't want to keep this native San Franciscan and, I, and a 49er faithful. This man is a 49er faithful. Mick, it has been an honor and a pleasure. I love you, and you are totally such an asset to the band. I love you too, Gregory. Thank you, my friend. Mick Flair. Cheers. Keep on rocking, folks. Right now, I have people that work behind the scenes, and I really think that people work behind the scenes are really the ones that make it all happen. I got Christina Schultz. Christina, how does it feel to be in the Battle of the Bands? You're going to be working it with Sim. I love Sim, and I have been working for Battle of the Bands for about five or six years now, on and off, and I 
love it and I love to be a part of it. You know, we're so happy that you know that to get actually interview somebody that does the inner working. What is your favorite part of the band, uh, the battle of the bands? Well, the job that I usually work, uh, <clears throat> what I usually do is work with the judges, helping them give the papers. So I kind of know who wins first. <gasps> oh. <laughs> so you'll be shuffling the papers to I. Yes, exactly. This is so wonderful. <laughs> so I know you got to get back inside. I want to thank you for coming on, but it's because of this lady and the crew that Sim Miranda <laughs> does that makes the Battle of the Bands so special. Thank yes, you, it Christine. is. Thank, thank you. you. And we're